Dennis, I was all prepared for this show to be about, man, how awesome is football? Right. Football's fun. Gosh, the holidays were awesome. Christmas was great. I don't know about you. I had so much great food. You guys were getting on me last week that I hadn't seen Elf. Watched Elf. Yep. You guys are getting on me that I didn't see Christmas Vacation. Mm-hmm. Watch Christmas Vacation. Okay. All right. I'm like totally and all caught up to speed now. All right. Home Alone? And Home Alone. Okay. You're mad at me about Home Alone. I was Watched very Home Alone. Upset. Wasn't mad. I was upset. Okay. Uh, dis- disappointed. Disappointed. That's part of so it. So I spent my Christmas holiday. Eating, watching football, and watching Christmas movies. So I felt like I was going to be really prepared for today's show. And then we come to find out that Tua Tungavailoa, for the third time since September 25th, has a concussion. Mm -hmm. Or he's at least in the concussion protocol. And we're back to the reality of what football is. It's legalized cockfighting. And at this point in our lives, if all of the measures that we've seen Roger Goodell tried to take in the last 10 years, I mean, the game of football has changed. Oh, yeah, tremendously. I'm watching the game with my dad, uh, the Bengals game with the Patriots with my dad, and and they throw a flag late hit, and he goes, what did they just call? And he says, I said, that's roughing the passer. And it was like a push. Yeah. And he's like, wait, what is that? And my my dad's 80, or 79. He's like, wait, what is that? I go, no, you can't can't touch the quarterback pretty much above the shoulders ever again. No. He's like, oh, wow. You know, one of those kind of like, oh, I didn't realize that all that was happening. Yeah, back in the day, you used to just ear hole somebody. Yeah, especially since we spent a lot of time this week talking about the Immaculate Reception, mm-hmm. the 72 Raiders and the Steelers. Like, the game is not recognizable from 72. No. And it's it's for the best. It's for the safety yeah. of the players, okay? But just like somebody can smoke cigarettes for 30 years and never get cancer, and then there's other people who get cancer and never touch a cigarette, mm-hmm. we all react differently. And concussions, people react differently. Each person reacts differently to concussions. And now this is the third for the Miami quarterback. And remember, he had the primetime game against Cincinnati. It was back on September 29th. There was that short turnaround because he had been concussed in the game against Buffalo on the Sunday. Yeah, Comes back, short week. They go to Cincinnati. He gets hit, and he has that terrifying moment where he's in the fencer's position. Mm-hmm. Hands are up, and people were legitimately wondering, is he seizuring? What is happening? Is yeah. he okay? You know, this is he going to get up? Is he going to get up? Is he going to play again? And I remember at the time there were even specialists saying he should not play football the rest of the year because it was the second concussion, because it was so closely connected to the first one. Mm-hmm. And basically the only thing that helps is rest. Yeah. Pretty much. Literally just sit. You know? But th- he took the time off. He fo- he ends up following the, the protocols. The <laughs> Believe it or not, the Dolphins suffer without their starting quarterback. I mean, hard to believe. Imagine that. And he has basically tried to he has tried to do the best that he can to be there for the Dolphins this year. No one is going to blame a competitor who wants to be there mm-hmm. for his team. In the game uh against the Packers, you're you're watching against on TV, okay? The Dolphins are up in the game. Mm-hmm. In the first and these are the numbers from Warren Sharp who found who finds the play from uh, when Tua was, it wasn't again, it wasn't a shot to the head, Dennis. It's a tackle. He gets taken to the ground, and for whatever reason, his head hits first. Yeah. And that is what we saw in the Cincinnati game as well. It's not necessarily these direct shots. It's any time you have the trauma with the ground. Yeah, we see that a lot. Kenny Pickett's had a couple of his, and some of some of his we've seen this year, this year has been head bouncing off the turf. First 12 attempts for Tua. Against the Packers, nine of twelve, two hundred and thirty yards, touchdown, no picks. After the hit, 13, 13 attempts, seven completions, three interceptions, no touchdowns. They end up mm-hmm. losing the game. Yeah, 
He looked bad. There's what three straight drives, I believe, he had the, the interception. Yeah. This gets us to the reaction now because mm-hmm. I remember myself included. I was like, "This is crazy." The, the, the NFL's worst case scenario truly is someone dying on the football field. Yeah. Okay. Nobody, obviously, no one wants to see that. No. Okay, but that that traumatic instance on that Thursday night game was a lot with Tonga Vailoa. Here's Robert Griffin from after the game last night. This is just on Twitter. Now, we have a, we have some sound from him today that Graham's going to play for us. But this is Griffin on Twitter last night. And I, I, I was getting upset at the responses to Robert Griffin. But remember, Robert Griffin played for the Washington football team, won the Heisman Trophy at Baylor. He had actually torn his ACL while he was at Baylor. Yep. Comes out, was the NFL Rookie of the Year, leads the Washington team to the playoffs. Okay. They're in the playoffs, and he had his knee was already torn once in college. His knee had he had some MCL damage in the playoff game. Yeah, the turf was a mess. Yeah, that, that field notorious for being Shanahan's terrible. dad played him anyway. He ends up tearing his ACL. No lie, he was never the same player again. Nope. So he tweets last night: Tua's long-term health is more important than playing again this year. And I was like, to me, I'm looking at the source. Yeah, this is a guy. Don't for, you know? Forget me and you. Or anybody on radio, even half the people on ESPN, just forget him. This guy, uh, he does work for ESPN, but this is the guy whose career nobody looked out for. No. And what he is saying to me holds some value. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here looking at these responses, and it's like, well, why are you why are you saying it has to be Tua? Why can't it be uh, Kenny Pickett? Why can't it be some of this other? And it's like, you're missing the point here. Yeah. We all want to assign, you know, racism and we all want to assign oh you're being this guy you're being that guy and it's like can we please just consider the source of the information yeah and he actually on robert who was he on with graham where did you find robert griffin talking about Tua and how he should not play again this year it was last night during the monday night football okay show. he was on the previous show so here's griffin actually uh saying what he put on twitter an entire half of football yes with a concussion and it'd be unnoticed I mean, that's just really concerning. It's frightening. We've seen guys retire yeah. due to head injuries, whether it be Luke Keekley. I had a teammate, Jordan Reed, who was on pace to be one of the greatest tight ends ever who had to retire because yeah. of concussions. So when I think about this with Tua, I agree with Boog. He shouldn't play anymore this season. It, they'll say, hey, he's only had two because the first one wasn't uh, a head injury, but we all saw visibly that he was shaken. Uh, so I just I just hope they do right by Tua in this situation. And you know he's going to want to play because as course. players, we want to play. But take care of the person over the player. Do what's right for his family for the yes. long-term future. So the Dolphins get the Pats and the Jets to close on the season. Yeah. They're now 8-7. and seven. They still need to make the playoffs. They do have Teddy Bridgewater. Sure. We haven't heard anything from the Dolphins yet, by the way, no, of what they're going to do with Tua. No, I, I'm with RG3 on this one. You have to protect sometimes players against themselves because if he gets another one, even if it may not be this week, if he comes back in the final week of the season and gets another one, you could end his career if not even worse. Right. I, so I am with him on this. Like, if you think that it doesn't matter if you think he's your long-term answer at quarterback or not, you still have to protect the guy. And – this is one of the reasons why I was actually against Kenny Pickett coming back for the Steelers because he's had two this season. I don't think he should have came back. Pat Fryermuth has had multiple concussions. He's only in his second year. Shouldn't come back this year. But by, I get what they're saying in terms of, look, these guys want to play. If I have a chance to get out there on the field, I'm going to do it. I'm going to find a way around it. 
I've been dinged up multiple times, whether it's football or lacrosse. I missed one game my junior year from lacrosse in college because of a concussion. I didn't feel symptoms until the day after the game. So sometimes these concussions, we don't see it in the moment. Like a, a broken wrist or something like that, we see that in the moment. We don't always see these things when they happen at the time. But, yeah, protect the guy against himself because he's going to want to go out there and play. As soon as you clear him, yeah, coach, I'm ready to go. And that's why I wanted to hear it from Robert Griffin III because you know in that playoff yeah. game he was telling Mike Shanahan, you, I'm good. Yeah, you I'm exactly. good. Put me out you there. You Shanahan, <laughs> I'm good to go. Put me out there. I'm going to go out there for my guys. Dol- Dolphins right now 8-7. and seven. They're in the seventh spot in the AFC playoffs. Obviously, they're going to need to win to hold on to that. The Carolina Panthers are on the verge of winning the NFC South. All they have to do, they don't need any help. Nope. They just need to win two games, two measly division games. Oh, yeah, some guy named Tom Brady's in the way. We'll talk about the Panthers and their playoff chances because I think I have bad news for you guys. You're not going to like how this ends. The, the Carolina Panthers are 6-9 and nine now on the season. Nice. You're, think, you're thinking, well, Joe, surely they're long out of the playoff mix. It's really cool, though, that Steve Wilkes has this team 5-5 five and five in his 10 mm-hmm. games as the interim coach. I mean, that, that says a lot about his ability to motivate players and get them to listen to his message. And yeah. these are all great things. And then you go, well, well, wait a second. There's this format in the NFL where every division team, every division winner makes the playoffs – Regardless of the record. And even better, they get to host a game if they win That's right. the division. So, 6-9, and nine, not great. Maybe nice, but not great. Still, if the Panthers win their final two games, and they will go to Tampa on Sunday, and then they close on the 8th, January 8th, they go to New Orleans. If they win those two games, mm-hmm. 8-9, and nine, they'll be the NFC South champions. After Saturday's win over Detroit, where they ran the ball like crazy. Oh, yeah. They ran all over them. Chuba Hubbard, Deontay Foreman, you know, even Raheem Blackshear got into the mix there. I was impressed with the Panthers, again, bouncing back from a loss. Mm-hmm. We've kind of seen the pattern. You know, they'll win a game. They look good. They feel good. Then they get thrown back to earth a little bit. And then they come back, and they really establish their identity, which Wilkes, with, with, with Wilkes is their defense and their run game. Yeah. And you're going, wait a second, they're going to do this. Not so fast, I say. No. I say not so fast, and this is why. Okay. You know I'm not a big Tom Brady fan. I know you're not. You know I think it's over for Tom Brady. I know you do. But the one thing Tampa has done consistently this year is beat the bad teams. If they are, Yeah. So Tampa's 7-8, and eight, and the only thing they've done this year is basically tie their shoes other than a game at Carolina – on October 23rd, they've basically tied their shoes against the teams who they're supposed to tie their shoes against. Mm-hmm. When they play good teams, as we saw against Cincinnati, as we saw against the 49ers recently, they're not going to win. Plain and simple. My thing, though, is just as they found a way to escape against the Saints, we saw that on the Monday night game on the 5th uh, earlier this month. Well, the and Saints then they, were just like, here, take this. Exactly. They literally what, what, just like, here's the game. It was 16-3 late. We saw Gosh. the old Tommy magic. And then this week, they go to Arizona with Trace McSorley. Yeah, I know. Playing quarterback. And again, fourth quarter, Tommy shows up. Nobody runs the two minute drill better than he does. I mean, no. we, I, I, am a, I am a known Brady hater, but I even, even I acknowledge he is the guy, even at this age, that yeah. you want in the two minute drill. 
I I say they don't win. I say I say the Panthers lose this week. I think okay. they come up just a little bit short, and I think it's still a great run by Steve Wilkes. I would still make Steve Wilkes the head coach. Mm-hmm. I'd make sure he hired the right offensive coordinator, but and I'd help him do that. But I, and I'd use my pick, which would be pretty good, at being you know uh, the, in my estimation they'll end up seven and they'll win one more game. They'll go eight and nine. Yeah, win one more game. So that pr- you're t- probably or looking and, at or a, seven and ten. You're looking at the 10, 11, 12 pick somewhere along. And those you're lines. talking about what, probably the third choice of the quarterbacks. Yeah. I don't think that's a bad thing. No, not necessarily. If you like, if you like whoever that is. Okay. But here's the thing. I think they do beat Tampa Bay. Okay. Because here's what we are seeing consistently year in and year out at this time of the year. What's winning football games for teams? Defense and running the ball. You know who the worst rushing team is in the NFL? Worst rushing team in the NFL. Worst rushing team. It's got to be the Bucks. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> Yards per attempt, worst in the league, 3.4. Least amount of rushing touchdowns, four. Only 1,155 yards on the ground. All dead last in the NFL. What is, what is, what is Carolina do really well? well this cer- time of year? Yeah, certainly like, in the game when they, when they saw Tampa. Yeah. They were able to assert their will against Exactly. Them. And you know what? Tampa Bay doesn't have a really good offensive line either. So guess what? It's a I th- struggle. It's a struggle for them. I think they can get pressure on Brady. Tampa Bay's identity as a team, keep things close and hope we get to that two-minute against a bad team. Yes. That is their identity as a team. It's it's a hope and pray. Hope, pray, cross your fingers. That's what they are. At least Carolina under Steve Wilkes actually does have an identity of who they are. They know who they want to be. If you look in the last nine games for Carolina, they've rushed for 169 or more yards seven times. Twice they've gone over the 200-yard mark, and they just put over 320, I think it was 320 just a couple days ago. This team knows where they want to be, and they know where they're going. Tampa Bay, once again, it's just like they don't know who they are. They haven't figured it out all season. Under Wilkes, Carolina does know who they are. I think Carolina beats Tampa Bay. They already did it once this season. Granted, it was at home. But I think they go on the road, they beat Tampa Bay, and I know they can beat New Orleans because they stink. What do you think of Wilkes, even if they don't win the division? being the head coach next season. Do you think David Tepper, without the playoff carrot, mm-hmm. would have the common sense to say, this guy, the, the players listen to this guy, the players motivate this guy. We saw Josh Norman now uh, yeah. signing a free agent deal for the practice squad. He's likely to play a cornerback this week. And then of that inspired Steve Smith and who yeah. was the other and, uh, player? And Trey Boston. And Trey, Trey Boston, Boston was like, like yeah, yeah, bring us back. Like, Let's bring do us it. back. Let's go. And that's Chris and I actually talked about this on Culture Day. We can check out on 99.9 The Fans' YouTube page. It's already up is that when you have former players who've obviously played under Wilkes when he was an assistant in 2015 for this team that want to rally around him, current and former players are rallying around him. They respect him. And here's the thing you have to take into consideration, too. I know you and Joe have talked about this. Steve Wilkes wants to be the head coach of the Panthers. That has to matter because – there are a lot of coaches out there who just want to be a head coach. Like, I just want to be a head coach. I'll just take whatever's out there. Just give me an opportunity, and I'll do it, right? doesn't matter where they go. Seattle, Denver, whatever it is. He wants to be the head coach here. It's kind of like Rob Brindamore at the Carolina yeah. Hurricanes. He didn't want to be a head coach in the NHL. He wanted to coach the Hurricanes. He wanted to be here. Wilkes is qualified. He's proven that he can do it, and he's already in your building. That has to matter. Look at Sean McDermott up there in Buffalo, right? You don't have to have this quote-unquote offensive head coach to have a great offense. You need to have the right players. And guess what? Brian Dable was a great offensive coordinator. Ken Dorsey's proven himself to be a great offensive coordinator. You can have a quote-unquote defensive coach and still have a great offense. Like everyone's chasing this, this thing called this offensive genius. 
I doubt there's actually as many out there as we all expect and hope there to be. And that didn't work for the Broncos with it, Daniel Hackett. They had to fire him after uh, yesterday's embar- Sunday's embarrassing God, loss. That whole season's been embarrassing for them. But my point is that the team wants to win for Wilkes, and that matters. And I think that's, again, playing into the identity of the team. I think that's one of the reasons why they like him. I don't know with Tampa Bay and their dynamic with Raheem Morris as their head coach. That, uh, Todd that, Bowles is their head I'm coach. I'm sorry, Todd Bowles, not Raheem Morris. Todd Bowles is – I don't know. It just seems down there just things aren't clicking for them. And it it matters this point in the season. Teams are beat up. Teams are grinding through stuff. They're willing to fight for their head coach. Wilkes got them going in the right direction. Again, that's why I think they win this thing out and they win the, they win the NFC South. We should note now in 10 games, Steve Wilkes has won five. Five of them. Yeah. Okay. Five and five. So from his yeah. each of his two complete seasons – Matt Rule won five games in each of his two complete seasons. And you know what? Here's the impressive thing about this team this year. Three starting quarterbacks for Steve Wilkes mm-hmm. this season. He had to go in with P.J. Walker. Then he had to go back to Baker Mayfield. Now it's Sam Darnold. They traded away their best player in Christian McCaffrey, one of their top two receivers in Robbie Anderson. They got rid of him as well. It's been addition by subtraction for this team. He even fired other assistant coaches. They literally have gotten rid of guys and have gotten better. I like what he has done in terms of giving them that identity. Yeah. And I, I just think it's important at the NFL level, you got to get the quarterback position right. Yeah. Okay. You got to get the play caller or the person who unlocks that quarterback as well. I don't think it's Sam Darnold long term. No, I, no, no. I have no problem with them bringing Walker back. I have no problem with them bringing Sam Darnold back and saying, again, go back to the point of, you're going to be the bridge. I would take a quarterback with their first number one yeah. pick. That's what I would. That's me. That's what I would do. I would get it right, and I would get somebody who can call the plays and tutor that person. Mm-hmm. Because you sit here and you watch each Sunday, and you all you got to do is look at the Broncos and the problems they're having. Gosh, when you, and that's with a guy who can get it done, who can win in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the most important thing in the NFL is getting that right guy. Now is Sean Payton going to come and rescue the Broncos? To your point, we all think everyone's the next Sean Payton, or we all think there's some sort of magic bullet out there. It doesn't have to be a big name, but in my opinion, it has to be somebody that Steve Wilkes trusts. Yeah. I, I say you keep Steve Wilkes, Absolutely. and you just get the right play caller and the right quarterback to go with him. Were people like Brian Dayball, offensive genius? No, no they weren't, nope. but it worked. But he unlocked Josh Allen. Exactly. And, of course, Stefan Diggs was the biggest piece that unlocked exactly. Josh Allen. Build the get team Get a little up. bit of help. Just get a little bit of help. Next. Hey, Joe. 